You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> I don't know how to do it in Spain. That's a really good question. I don't know. But we honor Abner <laughs> Yolveris. We are starting every week out like this. Yeah, I think, well, with the nationality of whoever wins. Yes. This is props to Abner Yolveris. Yeah. And welcome this week. <laughs> yeah, intro the show. To the you? ultimate fighter. No, I just was getting into it. Um, and it's season 22, episode 9, Bullseye. I've always just wanted to say that. Bullseye. My Tim and Eric uh, salute to Tim and Eric. <laughs> I like it. Bullseye. Our mics, uh, mic flags here, or the, uh, the the clown noses here kind of look like bullseyes, don't You're they? You're right. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you look at it from the right angle, you get these uh, yellow and black stripes with, again, you look at it at the right angle, which... Might come across really badly, depending on uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. We got a here. new format here, so if you're just listening to us, it's riveting stuff. We're just going to talk about microphone muffs all and day. Spanish national yeah, anthems, and, Span- and we're going to do the whole show in Spanish. So get ready for a great uh, show. Yo uh, quiero UFC. Oh yeah, there you go. Hey. I, I, I failed every almost every. Spanish Yo quiero Nas energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they, they missed an opportunity with uh, Nas there, but we'll we'll touch upon that. Um, Jay, I, I like to do some intros right off the bat. So tell the people who yes. you are. For the people who haven't listened, now that we're for, about a minute and a half into the show. Let's go. <laughs> Jay Tan, 716, all over your internet as usual. What up? And I'm uh, Jared Gilkerson. That's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. Thanks for watching us live on YouTube right now or later on YouTube, listening to us on iTunes. Um, download us, rate us. You know, talk trash about us. We get plenty of those. <laughs> yes, thumbs up, do. thumbs down. We like it all. We'll take on anybody. And we got some guys in the chat room we should blow up here, too. Who we got? Uh, shout of course, who I just nicknamed, by the way. I'm really proud of this one. Yeah. The other Joe B. Oh. Joe Boza, eh? Joe yeah, Benavidez, like Joe like Boza. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like almost the same guy, but not really. <laughs> almost. Cam, uh, sorry for this, uh, um, having to angle my iPad here. Camrule82 is in there. Um, Lolita Levin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lolita Levin is in here. And uh, who else is in here? Dave McNeil. And at the very top, Oleg Savka. I hope you guys stay in here. Yeah. Uh, hit us with some, some uh, questions or discussion. We will try and answer and address here. Actually, uh, Joe Boza. Lolita Levin is saying uh, the notorious Conor McGregor will destroy all. Um, all right. For me. Oh, we're talking about the uh, – Joe B is giving me some answers on the uh, um, the Latin America show coming up. Uh, fight night uh, this weekend. Yeah, yeah. But, but first, we are here, of course, to talk about what? Ultimate Fighter. That's right. So episode, let's get into it. <laughs> uh, I, this might be my favorite episode of the season. Cause yeah. Yeah, really good. Because it was the coach's challenge! Yeah, finally got some of that uh, damn watermelon dropping. <laughs> and, uh, which I've been looking forward to all season. Yeah. But, uh, we got, I felt like the, it had good pacing as a, like, you know, just a, for a TV show. Mm. Um, yeah. it just, it had big storylines and mm-hmm. legit storyline. It, it just, 
it, it, it kept the pace up. And since yeah. the fight happened so early, mm-hmm. you knew that some good stuff was going to happen at the end. So I was kind of I was kind of hyped about it. What'd you, what did you think about the episode as a whole? I think you're right in that there was a lot of business to take care of. Yeah. So we didn't get into too much silliness. Yeah. Um, there was zero house drama, which it can be fun. It's very hit and miss, that yeah. formula. And in this case, we just didn't even bother with it. There was the the coach's challenge is always a nice – it's funny. It's kind of a nice mental break for the fans as well as us or as well as the fighters, yeah. surely, um, because we're watching something different than two guys beating the shit out of each other in a cage, which we end up doing anyway. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's – this is a nice – again, a, a break. It's kind of like the, the sweet as opposed to the salty that we taste at the end of every episode. It's like Surya and Jonathan. Uh, that's why they're not here. We're not here. Yeah, they're, they're in the cage right now. A little sweet versus salty. Right. Okay. Uh, so they're good. Gotcha. They're a uh, little grudge match there between those yeah. two. So shout out to Jonathan Mays, uh, Suri Serrano. Uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, come back soon. Yeah. But uh, uh, but you're right. And then you know, of course, the match itself, yeah. and then moving forward, now new combinations. The the games changed a little bit. Uh, we got less guys. Uh, now it's you know, Connor's team has won. The uh, was it the preliminary round? Yeah, six to three. It was. Yeah. So there's six Europeans and three Americans in there. Uh, of course, and then one of those guys got cut, and one of the Americans. Yeah. One of the Americans. Yeah, so Chris. it's now down to six to two. Well, let's just jump right into it because mm-hmm. we got people in the chat room. People want to talk about it. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about watermelons in the first five minutes of the show. Uh, let's just jump right into. But that it. is a storyline. <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to it. But how about how about we just you want to let's just jump to the uh, to the match to the match. Okay, let's just yeah. talk about the fight because um, match I, number nine: Jason yeah. Gonzalez and Abner Yavaris. Yavaris. Oh, yeah. you nailed it. Yeah, I've been saying Loveris in my head for the past what? Well, that's nine fine. weeks now. That's fine. <laughs> Eight, it's, it's, it's in the middle range of the confusing names and the yeah. and not all of them are on the European side. Us being Americans, uh, people that speak English. Decently, mm. not perfect. Uh, I, you know, gr- I don't even still can't say Chris's last. Oh, name. Gritzmacher. Yeah, Gritzmacher. But it, looks, it doesn't look like Gritzmacher. That's true. But um, let's jump into the fight. So, yeah. uh, your thoughts, round one, uh, Abner versus Jason. Definitely the closer of the two, and certainly not to build up the the suspense of the match. Um, it was. At, I'm going to cut to the chase. Abner came out 18 to. Uh, 20 to 18 over yeah. Jason. Um, first round, it really did the, be- the beginning did impress me a lot. Jason impressed me. Um, he had a lot more range and height and seemed like he was using it to his advantage. He was Definitely. capitalizing on it. Nice. Well, you saw that the stats, not the, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but you saw the stats with their, um, with so the I've height and the reach yeah, I mean, difference, six two for Jason, five eleven for Abner, and then the the five inch reach advantage. Mm-hmm. So you know, and he used it well because he was he was pumping that jab a lot, yeah, right? Kept his distance. Um, yeah, kept his distance. Backed off when he needed to. He was throwing a lot, just a variety of kicks. Great stuff. I was impressed. It, it started out as a, a kickboxing match more than anything else. Yeah, and I thought Jason was getting better of it. Um, Abner. Was uh, Abner's got a, a decent grappling background, and uh, you know ended up shooting for takedowns. And I noticed, you know, this was another southpaw versus ortho match, and uh, Abner was in orthodox stance and and going for that single leg. And at least the first time, Jason stuffed it. Looked like he was, you know, had good takedown defense and was going to be able to capitalize on that. But boy, once uh, once Abner, he worked hard for those takedowns, and once he got him to the ground. 
It was it was Abner's world and yep. and a different game altogether. Well, like Dana was saying, I mean, uh, brown belt jujitsu, Olympic mm-hmm. Olympic level boxing. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure of his background there. And then of course black belt Muay mm-hmm. Thai. But um, and then I love what he said, Dana, about Jason Gonzalez. Good cardio and explosive. <laughs> like this could be. I, I thought it would be a closer fight than it was. I thought. Yeah. I thought one guy who's experienced, one guy who's a little more rangy and quick. Jason's a much younger guy. Here's the other thing. Yeah. As we looked at, you know, tail of the tape and, and looking at their, back, their backgrounds and stuff, 25, but especially in, in, uh, in fight years, as, you know, you can surely, uh, talk about and appreciate as well. So Jason is nine and two. Well, yeah, Abner. Abner is, Nineteen seven and one. Is this the real Abner or the fake Abner? Like the last few shows? No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm looking at the I right guy here. Skullman, what a dope nickname! Oh, I love the nick. I love right, it. and he fits it well. He's got a hell of a skull on him. I suppose. Yeah, he does. I guess. Yeah, he's got just a very distinctive, like mm-hmm. just bone structure. Right, yeah. Cro-Magnon man. Yeah. So, uh, uh, nineteen seven and one made his pro debut in August two thousand four. Yeah. Jason Gonzalez is nine and two. Made his pro debut in June two thousand eleven. Yeah. Little bit of lead time there for yeah. Abner yeah. compared to Jason. The other issue I have here as well. I was looking as I was doing the research at the top of the uh, uh, top of the season Program. here. Jason's uh, last four opponents, um, he's fought uh, – his last four matches were – how do I put it? They were in an unregulated uh, promotion. His last four – last some, five matches – What do you mean when you uh, – for just a layman's term. Give yeah. Me, give me someone who – Kind of a renegade – they're not regulated by the state. Fight club. I don't believe. Uh, okay. A little bit above uh, fight yeah, club, yeah. but uh, – uh, a group that runs on an Indian reservation. All right. And um, of their last – I wouldn't hold that against them by any means. But here's the stat on Jason. Uh, his last four opponents' records um, – he had, he had five ma- – his last five matches, four opponents. Their c- cumulative record was 3-17. and 17. Mm. One of those guys was a rematch. Mm. <laughs> okay. Got a rematch. Yeah. <laughs> Got it for the other guy. I guess he was motivated. Um, two of the guys were pro debuts. Man, why did we bring this up? We had him early in the season. Why did we bring this up? Because it was a little bit chaotic that day. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. yes, right. Not not exactly the the best place to talk about it, you know. Sure. One on one would have been something to talk about, but um, two of those opponents were pro debuts. Now that's even if it was the first two guys, which I'm not quite sure. Knock off five matches. Um, that would make Jason. Uh, let's see, four and two, four and two versus pro debuts. Yeah. At at the at the pro level. Eh, yeah, kind of iffy. Um, and and one guy, uh, one of the pro debuts, uh, Jason rematched him two months later. Two guys, the last two opponents before he got into the tough house, zero and six and zero and eight. How do you get chosen to get in the house? I mean, aren't these? <laughs> you know, Dane always says performance based on performance based on performance, and then you drag a guy in there that's that's like well, that. He won those matches. So that's true. He won. That. And if you look at some of the more experienced fighters, I guarantee a lot of the guys who have more extensive records and deeper records, they yeah. have the beginning of their uh, careers that look much like his. But we're not going to talk about them because. They're so far beyond it at this point, but I guarantee um, a lot of guys are set up like. But that's that. kind of that's kind of the case for for Jason. I mean, nine and two—that's a record that yeah. a lot of times will get you into the UFC. Yeah, um, and and maybe it's that he couldn't find uh, couldn't find opponents, couldn't get matches, and it yeah. just happened to be that that promotion was able to book him. But the last, you know, that's in, in MMA more so than in boxing. I think um, you 
you not only look at the record, but you look at who the guy fought. Who yeah. were those more, more recent opponents? That's not the greatest. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of times I know in boxing, it's also where you're fighting. So a lot of guys will be mm. locally based, and mm. they just don't get out of that area. Like a guy could yeah. be from like Oklahoma, mm. and he just fights thirty fights in Oklahoma. It's like great. But you never made a jump or you never right. got the right management team or someone that's going to bring Let me fights. ask you. Yeah. Is that lopsided because um, they've brought in guys? He, he's the tickets. Yeah. He's the draw. And so they brought in guys that he can win to essentially make him look good. That's generally – Sure, because sure, like if he's a big draw in that city or state. You're going to protect him. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's Almost like old school wrestling. When it was territorial, always yeah. bring it back to wrestling. But it's true. Yeah. You would protect these guys, but in wrestling, you could actually protect them and, you know, yeah. have them win. But it's, there's a little bit of that level going on, I would imagine, in all sports like this. But, yeah. But not to the same extent with MMA. And that's no. the thing is that I, I like to think that, at least with, uh, with our promotion, University of MMA, which that's by right. the way is going on today, uh, not today, I'm sorry, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. October uh, November twenty wow. second. I'm butchering the hell. November twenty second. November twenty second. This coming Sunday at Club Nokia in downtown LA. If you're in town, come check us out. Yeah. Anyway, so what I like to do is I like to think that you know even if you're a local fighter, granted all all the guys on on my show, for example, or a lot of these guys, they're all local fighters. Um, but you still challenge yourself. You yourself. You still. Um, you're still willing to fight somebody that's a tough ass match, you know, and that's something to be yeah. lauded, and that's good. And in MMA, I think that that's, I think people, the fans, take to that a little yeah. bit more so, um, or I know they take to it. I don't know, you know, I, I wouldn't make such an, an estimate on sure. boxing because I don't know the boxing yeah. crowd nearly as well. But that's a thing, you know. It's not bad if you lose a great match, you yeah. know. Where I don't know in boxing, maybe it's more about this. The stats, I think that's no, it's, it's conventionally. It's 50-50. It's 50-50 yeah. because there are plenty of guys in the sport who are just action fighters yeah. who have a lot of losses on their record mm-hmm. or close fights that big-name companies like HBO and Showtime are going to bring on mm-hmm. uh, and now with the, the pro boxing champions. But we that's a whole other thing. But uh, if you're known as an action fighter mm-hmm. – You'll be put. To, you'll be put in there on, on right. good TV. Make a good purse. So, right. but to get back into this fight, we kind of put a bow on the first round. Second round, there wasn't much going on. Another dominated round by Abner on the ground. I mean, the even entire, more so. Um, I had a question too. Quickly, I don't want to mm-hmm. go too, but about um, Jason's uh, feet on the cage. Mm-hmm. He was gripping that a lot. And I, what kind of leeway? Because the ref didn't say a word mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. Technically, you're not supposed to grip the cage. Yeah. But you can push it's, off. Yeah, you can push off. Yeah. You can do what's called a wall walk where yeah. you basically, if you're on bottom, um, you can use Which the cage. Which who doesn't want to be? Who doesn't want to no, be? Every, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, a lot of Brazilians well, have like no a, problem uh, from the bottom there, you know? Yeah. They'll, they'll kill you under there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can wall walk, and sometimes that can help you transition out of, of being on bottom. Um, but, I mean, the differences are negligible and very subjective to the referee's decision. I don't know if the referee was necessarily focusing yeah. on that. I don't think he was necessarily really helping Jason too much. He did wall walk out, I think, once. He did. In, in the second round. Yeah. yeah but. Uh, but Abner got on, got right back on him, and you know if I remember correctly, kind of stacked him and was throwing yeah. ground and pound. Yeah, I wasn't impressed when uh, Abner was on top. He didn't have that killer instinct. I don't think. Um, I think he could have easily have been a guy that mm-hmm. was that was that could could have been kicked out of the show. Really? Yeah, they didn't. Hmm. They never mentioned it. Like he wasn't. They, doing... they kept mentioning Chris, 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 right. and Chris had a little more action. He was taking more chances, I remember, if I mm. remember correctly, in his fight. Yeah. Uh, but he just didn't have, didn't have that instinct. But I wasn't 
Abner, eh, you know, I, he did lose the first three minutes of that first round, yeah. but then dominated. And then dominated the entire second round, but didn't go, even the ref, you know, show me something or I'm going to separate True. you guys. So yeah, yeah. there wasn't much action there, but they, they uh, Dana and Connor and Uriah didn't bring him up at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. I thought he should have been brought up in conversation. But. It might be a fair point. I'd argue that in terms of him being on top, um, I thought Jason did a pretty good job, did what he could to get out. Um, a big part, I think, of Abner not really uh, throwing more or being more punishing on top was a lot of it because he was trying to control Jason, who was giving him a good run for his money in terms of escaping, um, using the cage to to get out of there, maybe uh, shrimping a little bit and changing into you know different positions so he's more towards uh, his body is yeah. facing more towards uh, Abner. So I thought it was a bit more that Abner had to deal with control. Um, more than than that, he just didn't want to punch him or anything. I'm sure he wanted to punch the hell out of him. Yeah, oh, he's, he should, um, I mean, I, I think he should have stayed. Yeah, but I just thought it would be brought up. Yeah, but it's totally a fair point, and I wonder if in the if it was a, an episode earlier, if this fight happened earlier in the season, that he might not also be somebody that gets picked on as well. His match, he didn't really do yeah. that much. He didn't finish the guy, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair point. Yeah. But we talked about this a bit briefly last week. With uh, with Meza and that of who, um, who who would we who would you knock off of the season the matches this season you know which ones and I got to say you know grits did come up in conversation but generally speaking and I haven't gone back and watched all of the matches uh, over again recently but I look and I um, I don't think that there's really any matches that were so bad that you no. go oh those guys sucked no. get them out of here you know. They've delivered a lot more, certainly a lot more than last season did. Yeah, uh, Brazilians, uh, Black Zillions versus ATT. Um, yeah, they definitely did. That I mean, was a rough one to get through. The only few duds were in the, you know, just to make the show round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was it. Yeah. These fights have all been pretty entertaining, mm-hmm. and I think because they've stressed, Dana mm-hmm. has stressed. You better show us something. So that's mm-hmm. so much. They, they stressed that more than in last season. So yeah, I like yeah that, that, and also I'd say too that this is everybody out for themselves. It's one weight class. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So there's that much more competition, which means the guys got to bring it that much more. Yeah. So yeah, um, and, they're, and they're living with everyone that they're seeing everyone in the house every day. That's the same size fighter, same mm. division. It's great. Yeah. Um, uh, let's hit uh, hit up on the watermelons real quick. Coach's <laughs> challenge. Uh, this was this. They missed an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect Joe Rogan moment. But they missed <laughs> it. This has fear factor written all over it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, say, I don't think Joe has ever been associated with the show. Yeah, and I'm like expecting history. him to come out of the uh, helicopter, but it was pretty much just a, a ring girl, a, bust, right. a busty ring girl with her. Ariani, Celeste. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, sorry. That's I'm not on first name basis. The ring girl All there. Right. She's the, the she's is she a veteran? Is she a veteran of the game? Oh, and then some. Okay. Yeah, they've featured her in Playboy. They're, Actually, uh, I'd like to hear from the fans on this one. I'd like to hear our fans. A uh, favorite ring girl, if you've got one. If you're in the chat yeah, room now, that's a good or one. hit us up later because I've always liked to know. I'm taking a look here and seeing uh, yeah, see Joe Bo's. Yeah, Joe's talking about the uh, uh, the coaches challenge. And he says, the coaches challenge is more of a break for the fighters. Yeah. And for the men, they were treated to a woman for the first time in three weeks. Yes, they were. Fair that's point. True. Uh, it goes on saying this is an easy trading camp for Connor because Abner has the experience. It feels like Connor has the experiences, fighters, and Uriah has the men who are like, uh, parentheses, <laughs> Angie Hill of tough that aren't that lucky. It uh. is a point that uh, Karen talked about on uh, Tough Talk afterwards. How you know, I don't, I don't know if I, I agree with this necessarily, but Team USA seems to be these uh, kind of uh, work in progress. 
and Team Europe are guys that are a bit more polished. Um, certainly, if you look at the numbers, they a lot team, more yeah, they did experience. pull ahead. Yeah, more fight experience, and uh, I was going to say that you know they they pulled ahead of Team also USA. more losing experience usually on that side as well. More losses, yeah, more um, wins, more losses, more tape on how to beat them. That's all. That's my theory. And there's a there's a general thought that European MMA is less evolved than American yeah. MMA, North America, because it started here in North America, because we've got wrestling, which is a huge base for MMA, a, a stronger tradition of wrestling here than uh, in Europe. What's well, not that, shown on this show? <laughs> yeah, so, you're, you're right about that. Yeah. Fair point. And and to that, and you know, I'm not sure that this. Uh, um, I'm not sure that this thought is necessarily valid as much now in 2015 no. as it was maybe 10 years ago. No. Um, the European market has exploded so much in 10 years, yeah. maybe even 15 years. But um, you know, but it's the knock, at least from the American North American perspective, is well, they don't got wrestling, which is true. They don't have wrestling to the same extent that we do in the U.S. But that said. Um, the European market for MMA fighters has has jumped up a lot. So, point being, though, you know, maybe there is something to to that. Uh, um, that the Europeans are more polished. Maybe, eh. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's a small. It's too small of a sample size, and it, it's just the matchups. Well, that when were made you keep, I'm talking about the whole continent. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, it could be true. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that Americans are better at dropping watermelons from a helicopter. <laughs> so we've learned that. So as Uriah, nailed it. Uriah <laughs> literally nailed it and won the coach's challenge, hitting the target they set up in the desert, uh, which Dana was really into. It was but, like projectile sledgematic. You yeah. remember Gallagher? Oh, yeah, Gallagher. Does anybody out there remember Gallagher, yeah, Gallagher. or are you way too young for it? He's still around. He still is, yeah. uh, but the VHS tapes that he, that he shows are are not so are not, much around. Not around. <laughs> they were all burned, yeah, or smashed. Um, and they had a real opportunity. I thought for sure they were going to have the NOS helicopter, but it's like it right. was a Sundance ad. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of disappointed. I wanted to see probably rented out a local one, and I, I they didn't uh, they didn't drench. You're right. They didn't do a NOS shower, Bud that's Light right. shower, nothing. They just held him up like this, really. Oh, weird. that's right. Yeah, they had so, him like flying, it was like weird. Superman kind of thing. Huh? The, the thing I liked about uh, the coaches' challenge was you could really see McGregor's, uh, and this is the last we'll go on the coaches' job, but you could really see how much he just hates losing at anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he just shut down. He yep. almost looked like he was turning white. Like I, I actually think he was a little uneasy being in the air. I don't know what it was. I felt like he was like his, he just didn't like being up there. Yeah, Chris Tucker's voice going, "Oh, he gonna go home uh, and cry." <laughs> he 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 was pissed. Yeah, and he just shut down. Uh, and we don't see that much because we don't see him get beat in the ring. And Strudel boy, Strudel boy in the uh, Strudel yeah. boy is in the chat room. What's up, Mesa? Yo, dude. I'd like to hear what Jonathan thought about the fights. He says, the, uh, "Sorry, I'm late, guys. I'm here now. <laughs> He's here, chilling in Laguna. Oh, nice. Good for good for, for good for you. Drive up. Yeah. The uh, traffic shouldn't be too bad by now. Bring us some yeah. cervezas and limes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and put them in Bud Lights. Uh, yes, <laughs> Bud Light lime. Uh, they all they're all hanging out too in the helipad with their Bud Lights too, <laughs> just kind of hanging there. Like even though they're all training and probably not drinking, but mm-hmm. a few of them did uh, early in the season. Did Connor lose the challenge? He asked. We can tell you didn't do your homework, Mesa. He, he lost the challenge. Mm-hmm. One eighty five. 
to uh, 70. He didn't get a chance at his last throw. Well, break down the uh, real quick. Well, break down the rules. 20, uh, it was uh, yeah, five watermelons each. Five raw watermelons each. 20, yeah. You get uh, this is totally reality show stuff. So hopefully we don't lose those UFC fans. Um, <laughs> they both hit a 25 point target their first throw. Both mm-hmm. hit a 10 point target their second. But then uh, Uriah took a big lead, hit 50. Connor hit another 10. And then Faber, uh, he, he had a choked a, on the fourth uh, yeah, one. He had a donut. Yep. So, but then McGregor really didn't take advantage. Had a twenty-five pointer. Mm-hmm. So then Uriah hit a hundred points, doubles on his last one. Yeah. Who knows if that was his last one? <laughs> but uh, and then so Connor didn't even get a chance. I, I was hoping he at least would throw it was something. like a baseball shutout. Yeah, to throw something. Just yeah, have fun. That's true. Yeah. It's projectile fruit at the ground. They were obsessed of a... with the slow mo. <laughs> like that's the only reason they did that. They're like, nah, it's replay. It's like watermelons. Like, what are we doing here? Well, that's that's why Gallagher had a career. <laughs> because exploding fruit is fun. That's true. I don't think he made any big kind of social statements. Uh, so when he smashed <laughs> Definitely one of other food <laughs> products. But um, I really want to talk about this uh, quickly, this fight bet- yeah. uh, between Uriah and Connor mm-hmm. about money. Mm-hmm. About money, about facing each other. Now, the way they edited on TV, it looked like Uriah started this brought up, hey, you don't know how to take care of your money. You don't know how this mm. business works. You're blah, talking blah, about blah. the argument as they yeah, were discussing you, fighters who fighters. combinations and stuff and who gets cut, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. And if what kind of deal you're making, mm-hmm. what, you know, what kind of uh, financial deal you're making with UFC. Right. Uh, Uriah says, I just got paid for a fight I had five years ago. Right. And Connor's argument was, well, because you don't have – you have a shitty deal. Uh, um, and I, I get all my money up front. I'm that good. I bring in the audience. I bring right. in $100 million. So I want to know why Uriah – because he seems like pretty cool usually. Mm-hmm. And he just looked like he – to me, he looked like he just lost it. And in front of the boss. Yeah. And I almost felt like he was almost taking a shot at Dana saying that he got paid five years later and like – Pretty much explaining to Connor that it's a shitty deal, mm-hmm. like saying, "Hey, I still, got, I, I'm still getting like drips of payment." I, so why say that when Dana's right in the room? Aren't you trying to kind of suck up to the boss? I don't think that he was going that far. I also don't think I don't know the particulars of Uriah's contract, but yeah. I do know that they really tried to build him up uh, as a star and give him as many shots as possible. They wanted him to be the flagship guy. I'm jumping back to, um, geez, uh, I don't know. Ago. Yeah, several years yeah. ago. So um, oh, I can almost tell you exactly when. 2006, UFC bought WEC because it was the same day that I got shut out and bought when I worked for the WFA. Two purchases, one day, not a happy day for me. Uh, anyway, jump ahead a bunch of years. Um, they ran WEC as a separate entity. And at the time, it was known for having some of the most action-packed matches. Didn't have all the weight classes. Um, some overlapped like middleweight, light heavyweight, but at that point in time, and I want to say this is probably 2007, 8, 9, um, WEC had 135, 145, um, and it stopped at, I think, 185. Yeah. Um, and UFC stopped at 45. Now, at a certain point, uh, they amassed WEC into the UFC and they got all the weight classes. And then they also opened up 125 where Demetrius Johnson is, is reigning champion. Yeah. Um, in that switchover, Uriah Faber came over. Now, he'd already lost the WEC title. He was a big champ in WEC. Oh, yeah, he was already an established star. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the idea was to build him up to uh, to run with the title at 145 at the time, I think it was. And uh, it didn't happen. He had lost the WEC title to Mike Brown at ATT. 
Uh, Mike Brown lost it to Jose Aldo, and Jose Aldo's history, like yeah. he just ran with it with the title. Yeah. Um, that actually that was in WC, and they came over and became automatically the UFC champion. Uh, Jose Aldo did. So he's got the WC and UFC belts. Right? Did he ever? I, I just did he ever headline a pay per view? Uriah. Yeah. Joe Boza, look it up for yeah. us. I'm really not but, sure. No, um, I, I think that's the did, ultimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come okay. to think of it, WEC had one pay-per-view. Okay, did you ever headline a UFC pay-per-view? I honestly do not remember that. I, okay. I'm, I'd I like our fans so. to tell us if, yeah. if, if you know if he headlined a UFC pay-per-view. Because that's the ultimate argument here. just want to jump to it. Mm-hmm. The argument is, I think McGregor wins this whole argument. I mean, McGregor is the is arguably the most popular male fighter right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Uriah was never anywhere close to that. He was pop- mm. he was popular, but it, he dropped the ball every chance he got. It was a bit apples and oranges. There, it, the sport wasn't where it was now. No. when Uriah was peaking as a fighter, sure. But where it was, Uriah was one of the big stars. Yeah. Absolutely so. When the WEC guys all got amassed into the UFC, Uriah was absolutely right away one of the top stars, and they pushed him to the hilt, and he did great. But every time that he challenged for the title, yeah. for a UFC title, he lost. Well, that's huge. It, that is gigantic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sport's at a bigger, at a better spot now. But Connor, he hasn't. I mean, since he's been in the UFC, he mm-hmm. hasn't lost. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I know he's lost in his MMA record, but it was a they've years also ago. been pushing him to the hilt right away. They, yeah. I think they saw star potential, and they've pushed him to the hilt. And he has run with it. He's done everything. Uh-huh. Pers- personality. Inside the ring, outside the ring, mm-hmm. and his and and every time he gets an opportunity, he performs and performs really well. Right. So it just seems odd. That it, doesn't, it seems like there's no argument there. It seems like New England Patriots. Like, look at all the Super Bowl rings. You're I gonna have. lose me here. Great football team. Okay. What's football? Okay. All right. <laughs> there's my comparison. Okay. Floyd, I'm kidding. Oh, McGregor's kind of like a Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Almost exactly like a flaunts. Except what he's he actually got. engages, right? <laughs> actually, that's surprising because he throws he threw as many punches as Pacquiao in that fight. But I won't get into that because <laughs> people just don't know how to yeah. it's layman terms. But uh, he's like a Mayweather. Mm-hmm. He he can talk. He flaunts his money, and he's and he backs it up in the right. ring. He hasn't lost. And Faber's kind of a, like a like a fringe top ten or fifteen contender who's fought for the title a lot. Mm-hmm. And had a good early success in his career. Faber has a different kind of star. I was going to say star potential. A different kind of charisma. Yeah. And I know we've I've talked about this. I think on the UFC show with uh, Daria and George. Um, and at, in some ways, it is. It does have to be apples and apples. What numbers do you pull in? And no, Faber has not pulled in the numbers that McGregor yeah, it's, already it's a has. Business, and that's why he's not getting career. paid. No. That said, again the. Uh, the 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 sport was not where it was uh, when Faber was in his prime, but in WEC in that smaller pond, he was the big fish there. Absolutely so, and he was a big fish for quite a while when he came over. In the well, when UFC. was UFC in this? And it's when was UFC's prime? We have we still not seen it. Well, or? we've seen ups and ups and downs since two thousand six because he it's was big. Continued to rise since two thousand six. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Was fourteen or thirteen was the bad year? Um, yeah. Seven, eight, nine, eleven. I believe. Personally, you know. as me, as a as a someone who who's in and out, uh-huh. I'm an, I'm an in and out kind of fan. Yeah, I was in big time. I think it was uh, two thousand and maybe nine, right? Ten, two thousand, mm-hmm. maybe two thousand ten. Two thousand ten, yeah. I was in. 
Uh, and I just remember, and that's, you know, that's five years ago. And I think a lot of people were in then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was at his, Uriah was arguably at his peak athletically, 31 years old then. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I just didn't, I just don't think he has this, I think he loses this argument. And I just think, I thought the whole argument was, was off. What is the argument exactly? The argument was. Connor's a bigger star than Connor, Uriah. Connor, you don't know how to was? save your money. And I, I don't think he knows his personal f- finances. And two, of course not. And two was you don't know how this business works already. And I think Connor probably has a better idea of how the business works because he's already in. He he's probably almost made more in one fight than he, than Uriah did in like his whole. Connor career. is at a different place. Yeah. In here, here's another thing. A, a couple other points to make about this conversation. Connor's at a different place in his in his career and also his age. Yeah. Uh, than Uriah was when Uriah was, got pushed to the hilt. When Uriah had his shot in the UFC to be the big star that he was. Now, what's the point that I'm making here? Um, Connor right now, yes, is amassing a lot of money and maybe he's putting it into SBG, his home, uh, uh, his home gym. Um, Uriah had got his money and established his gym, Team Alpha Male and what I believe is called uh, Ultimate Fitness up in like the Sacramento area, I think, right? Um, Uriah has done different things with his money. Connor right now is flashing it about and you see the suits, the house that he's renting in Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe he's paying for all that. Maybe that's getting – maybe he's getting that. It sounded like he was getting it from the conversation that he said. Uh, Uriah never had that kind of money. Maybe he had it proportionally when he was uh, a, a bigger star. But he did different things with it. And he's not the kind of guy to flaunt it anyway. No, no. He's, as he said, he's, he's the ripped jeans and sandals guy, you know? So he's done diff- different things with his money, which, quite frankly, for the long run, is absolutely the smarter thing. Yeah. Not to say that Connor maybe isn't doing that as well, nest egging in a way. Yeah. But a lot of fighters don't do that. They live the fast lane, enjoy the good money, you know? You sit back and you drink a hundred year old scotch with these. These shoes that I got from from the $10,000 $10, sneakers oh and these suits, these suits. I wear one suit and I throw it away. It's a beautiful thing, you know. Um, well, that's a bad. That's a bad. Uh, pretty Connor. Bad? We only have a couple minutes. Actually, got the oh. uh, warning issue. I thought I was on point with that one. <laughs> I just think he he came off like he was reaching that whole time. He came right. off like the aging guy who was like Dana. I, I, can I get the fight? And right, just, right. The whole thing. I decided it looked bad. Well, that's that's, that's the other thing too. Is Connor, I mean, Uriah probably would stand to benefit from a match with Connor, financially yeah. speaking, yeah. more so than he's Connor not necessarily would with with Uriah. It's not going. It's not going to happen. You saw Dana. I don't no. think this. They're, I don't think they're playing with this. I think. I don't think it happens. But probably. I, I, not. I, I would hope it would just because I'm probably a, I'm not. A fan I of think show. it was done as a backup. Who do you like? Uh, quickly, we got like a minute and a half. We got like nine. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, I know we're flying through. Time, I know. Yeah. Um, who do you like in the final eight? All right, let's, well, let's let's run them down. I, well, we got Artem versus Martin. Martin Svensson, Yep, and I like I just like Artem, and I'm just rooting for him. So that's what I'm going right there. <laughs> we got Saul versus Ryan Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Ryan Hall just because I like how he's got like a finisher. I like so Ryan as well. I yeah. like his style. We have Marcin mm-hmm. versus David. Um, that's going to be a good matchup. I'm just I, I, you know, I'm going to go. I Mar- I'm going to go Marcin. Yeah. And then, and then Juicy J versus Abner, Abner, which is I'm I, I'm kind of rooting for Abner because Julian's is very hateable on the show, uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to go Abner on that because I I just hope he wins. I'm going to root for Juicy J if Juicy can stay away and use his distance and, and hopefully avoid yeah. takedowns more so than. Uh, um, and I'm trying to remember. I I'd love know. to hear what the fans, yeah. who they are rooting for and who they're picking, and also Philip Bulls. 
You know, uh, our, our best friend, uh, uh, he, was, he was calling us out a few weeks ago. Philip, if you uh, have any suggestions on how to make the show better, I'd love to hear them. And also Joseph Boza and it's Agape, Agape Love. That's kind of a fun name. Excuse me? Uh, they, they're, they're always shouting us out, always saying good things. So thanks, guys. Meza and Joe Boza are going at it here in the chat room. Uh, I did oh, no. see. Uh, and any reason. No, in good ways. In good. They're having a fun conversation here. Um, oh, we had 10 minutes. Oh, wow. We, I, I'm hurrying up. Now I see 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Camera okay. rule 82. Oh. Yeah, he just flashed it up. It did say two, so I, I can read. Maybe it was a typo. Yeah. That's 20. good. We kept our pace up. Now we got to stretch this thing out. Oh, no, no. We have plenty more so, to talk about. So, how was your lunch today, so, man? Oh, it's great. I had a sandwich. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, back to the back to our uh, people online. I, I just uh, – So here's the other thing, though. Yeah. I, I want to get back sure, to the, the point I was trying to make yeah, here. Sorry. about Uriah, McGregor, um, it's a little bit of a backup that Uriah is a guy that um, he's a star. He is known. There is name value to that now, um, to that matchup. Now, granted, uh, Frankie Edgar and Chad Mendez, those guys are ranked higher than Uriah. Um, they are they are fighting right now in the finale of this tough season, uh, what, episode 13, whatever you want to call it, fight night at uh, um, oh, yeah. you know, Cosmopolitan, I yeah. think it is. Or, but at, at any rate... Um, they, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer as to why it wasn't McGregor versus Mendez tough, or Faber and, or I'm sorry, uh, Edgar and uh, Edgar and McGregor. I don't know why those guys didn't do it. Although Edgar just, well, yeah. we, we know McGregor fought uh, fought Chad Mendez sure. on on the last minute notice. I think that would have been a good storyline right there, and you can have Faber as the uh, you can have Faber as as an assistant coach to Chad. And then if well, Chad I'm guessing gets hurt, if you guys turned it down, and then it just kind of who turns down a match with Conor McGregor though? See, that's why I don't believe that. Oh, I thought you meant host. Hosting? You meant the, I thought you meant well. The, the idea oh, is, yeah. if I'm a fighter yeah. and they say we want you to host yeah. against McGregor, yeah. yeah, okay, sure, but I get a title match with him, right? I get yeah, to fight wow. him, right? Because I know that that's going to be good money for me, or also I want that interim belt. Well, maybe they just have more faith in Uriah on TV. Just as his, like maybe he does have a little more personality. Than that, him. or also, I mean, if things fall apart, then uh, you know they can they can plug him in. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think they're 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 instead of just like blowing their wad on one thing, like it's like okay, let's match up the two guys that people have been thinking about. Let's mm-hmm. throw the fans a curveball and throw Uriah's name into the hat. Mm-hmm. So if 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 maybe these if these guys get destroyed in the future. People still have this veteran name to throw around with mm. some juice behind it now because they've talked some trash. Mm-hmm. You're just now you're just creating more rivalries. Like that's smart business to me. Like they're just you have these two guys that like you just mentioned that it's like why not put them on the show or why right. not that so well now let's just how about we create another rivalry with Connor and then so it's kind of like uh, Randy Randy Orton's Legends Killer ah, Tour, yes, where you just went yes. through all of the older guys, it. love it, and just notched it up and then you essentially are building up Randy uh, Randy Orton. You're Was building that the idea? him up. You're build, That's a great reference. I love it. Little RKO in there. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe that was the thinking. Who knows? Um, any reason why? And I'd love to hear from the fans as well on why. Um, I really think, obviously, Dana wants an American in the finals, and that's why he stacked one side of the bracket. He put both Americans on the same side. So, hmm. so uh, you end up having percentages, an American fight percentages. Yeah. I just think, hey, there's a chance you get two of them in the in the the semifinals. So. And that's, me, why, that's uh, why I think he matched him up. That's why I think he put him on the same side. What, what do you not got to, Not to digress from yeah. that, but I want to acknowledge here. Uh, Meza is saying his picks are Martin, Ryan, Marchine, and Abner. 
That's not unrealistic. Okay, we only, we only one off. I, yeah. I'm an Artem guy. Bozo says uh, Ryan Marchine Mendes. <laughs> same. Yeah. <laughs> we all agree. We're all going for the same people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, except for the little bit of Artem there. I, I, I'm a huge Artem fan just because I just love it. And I just want to Mesa, what's Irish... up with the Black Hollywood Live cups that we're drinking from? Well, the, uh, uh, the dishes are being done. <laughs> no, and we also we promote different brands. <laughs> there's, there's a lot under the uh, – not quite under the AfterBuzz banner, but there is yeah, many different uh, channels for you guys to check out. Popcorn Talk, Black Hollywood Live, yeah. Girl's Guide to Life I think there is. No, that's and Jonathan's this... personal show. <laughs> yeah. so. Strudel boy. Yeah, sure. Well, let's, let's talk – I thought we could sneak in since we got six minutes here. Mm-hmm. We could uh, – we could um, talk about the ladies a little bit. Huge fight this past weekend. Oh, see, um, that's I thought, I, thought we were, I thought we were going back to uh, to um, Ariani. Oh, oh we I was could okay with that. We yeah. could do that. Um, but that's why I'm wearing the shirt because it right. reminded me so much of Buster Douglas beating Mike Did Tyson. Did it? Just it wasn't as nearly because I mean Mike Tyson. That's the was argument unbeatable. that I had with somebody. Now I remember. Yeah, yeah. So somebody we, was arguing with me in the comments of the UFC show yeah. about how my equate. Um, uh, my analogy – it wasn't even an analogy. It was referencing Buster Douglas and Tyson mm-hmm. in Tokyo, yeah. uh, that whole thing. And somebody was – that's what I thought of when Holly lost the ma- – or when Holly beat Ronda. Yeah. And a huge shock throughout the, the yeah. fight world. And the guy comes on and says, no way, man. That was a really disrespectful analogy. I'm like, dude, it's the thing that came to mind. Disrespectful. You know? Yeah, because uh, James Buster Douglas, according to that guy – not me. What I'm saying was was some nobody that came along and beat Tyson, and Holly was not a nobody. Holly has great credentials, which she absolutely does. I agree to that. What but, do you think? Talk but, to me about this. Listen, there's no offense there because I want to know what the Vegas odds were on the fight going in. Now, I don't think it was Buster Douglas Tyson because that was like 42 to 1, 43 to 1, or mm-hmm. it might have been like 45. This one, I don't know what the odds were. I would guess they were pretty somewhere stacked. like what is it, like 10 to 1, maybe. Somewhere around there, um, I have no idea. So I know yeah, I understand like that that that, pe- that Buster Douglas was a, a, a nobody. Um, I mean, he's from my hometown, so it's kind of I can't really talk about. Like, okay. it's kind of hard to figure that out. <laughs> but I'm talking about the regular fan. Let's talk about the regular, like just the average fan, casual fan, casual yep. fan, the one that hey, let's get the pay per view. Rousey, you're right, Faber. I've heard of him. Yeah, but oh. I know that Conor McGregor guy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Rousey. Okay, she's badass. She's in movies. She's at, at WrestleMania. Dude, this match is going to be great. Wait, yeah. how many rounds is it? Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, well, I know. If you can't keep the round straight, dude, yeah, come on. And then you got Mike Tyson back in the day. Oh, Mike's fight? Okay, cool. I'll, I'll order it. Let's, let's watch it. Yeah. And there's so many similarities. The fight was in Tokyo. That fight was in Australia. It was like not a big fight in the States. How's oh, that similar? They're just not a big fight in the – like because yeah. usually UFC, it's more often than not, it's Vegas. Or, you know, and, and with boxing – For bigger New, fights. New York okay. or Vegas yeah. or L.A. Yeah. For bigger fights. I don't know how many times they fight in Australia, but not much. And then I knew a couple that, times a year. Exactly, exactly. And like, and and but this match was gigantic, the biggest right. match I've had in years there. But it was also one of the only. Maybe I'm going on a limb on this one. They they booked a stadium there, especially in November. It's hard to book a stadium. Yeah, you know, for for that kind of thing for fighters. Yeah. It was great. What was it, like sixty thousand people or something like that. Uh, fifty. They announced yeah. fifty six. Great. Yeah. And the fight. I, we could. But the I, we weather. Got a that's minutes. the point. Is the, is the weather there? You can't do a stadium show for people half naked fighting. Outside, I've no, done a show. Can. I've done an outdoor show in November. It was a really dumb idea. Fighters were slipping all over the mat because of condensation. This was in uh, Lake Elsinore. You can actually go and see oh. on YouTube.com. I thought you were saying they're going to get too cold. No, it uh, does get cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah Even the referee the took a took a dump. I wish they still did fights outdoors at Caesars. 
Uh, there's no more fan man's going to jump in. But what? I mean, quickly, we only have a, about 90 seconds yeah. here. But what did you? Uh, I, I I love seeing a striker, a really precise striker, mm-hmm. just beat Ronda. I loved it. I, I Holly Holmes like one of my favorite fighters now. She's immediately now. Now, because I'm a, I'm an infant with this, you know. I don't. I, I'm okay. in and out of the sport. But well, I but love she it. comes from boxing. That's your world. I know. Well, I don't you, watch a lot of ever, women's boxing. Okay. I don't. I had you ever facts. watched any Holly Holm before uh, before this weekend? No, okay. none, none. And I loved. Do you know her some, name at all? Yes, I had okay. heard the name okay. before, but her striking. She made Ronda look terrible, like just amateurish. It was a great strategy and <clears throat> very unusual for Ronda. I think uh, Ronda was not in her head uh, as she usually is in the, in this match, and I think that played a certain part of it because Ronda was uh, was angry. She wanted to yeah. beat this bitch down, and Holly wouldn't let her. Wouldn't even let her get close yeah. to her. And on top, of, now now she's angry and she's frustrated and she's getting winded in ways that she hasn't in pro matches before ever. Yeah. Um, and, and not to say she doesn't have good cardio. She's Ronda Rousey. Of course she has good cardio, yeah. you know? Of course she trains for stuff yeah. like this. Um, but there's something different, clearly, even for her when it comes to uh, fight time versus sparring and, and going live in the gym. Yeah. And all of that, plus that strategy of, of just setting up, setting up Ronda, Bull and the Matador and the Bull missing, yep. and Holly great. being able to stick her there with that kick. She's won me over, really. I, I mm-hmm. really enjoy watching her, and since I understand that game a little better with right. kickboxing and boxing, it was just I love. It was great. Yeah, I hope they re, I hope they have a rematch, but I hope Holly can build up her own resume yeah. uh, just for the women's sake. Because now you, I think that their that division, like the women, it's just if you can just create more stars, it's just going to be so much better for the sport. And I think she can. She needs to go on a crash course if she hasn't already with grappling and jiu-jitsu because just like when Ronda won and everyone said, oh, she's got that armbar. You can't beat the armbar, but she's got to work on her striking. Yeah. Um, by the same token, yeah, you're not going to – Holly's got the best striking, surely, for, for women in MMA. Yeah. Um, but we haven't really seen her use her grappling even in – her her matches uh, in legacy uh, legacy fighting yeah. in in Texas pre UFC, um, you know she was she's a stand up girl. She yeah. knows her bread and butter, and she knows how to stick with that. Well, Jay, you know how to bread some butter or butter some bread. <laughs> butter <laughs> okay. some bread. Where can people uh, find you buttering bread <laughs> and promote the show? I was going to say show. you can find me buttering a loaf of sourdough knockdown this coming Sunday, 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 yeah. the twenty second at Club Nokia downtown L A. Tickets are available. Clubnokia.com or uofmma.com. Beyond that, you can talk to me anytime, anywhere on the internet at jtan716. That's a great promotion there. <laughs> Go watch the fights. I'm Jared Gilkerson. That's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Big Until up to everybody in the time. chat room, too. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Until next time. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bullseye you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.